Memphis Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Gates shoots his shot. Good morning. I'm Mike Gavin in for Gordon Deal along with Jennifer Koshenka. It's Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023, and here's what we have for you this hour. Florida Republican Congressman Matt Gates introduced a motion to remove Speaker Kevin McCarthy from the top position in the House. The civil fraud trial of Donald Trump got underway in New York with the former president in attendance and attacking the attorney general and judge. A massive sigh of relief as a missing nine-year-old girl was found unharmed and a suspect arrested after she appeared to have been kidnapped. And I'm Red, your blue, so I'm going to stay far away from you. It is the first and only online matchmaker catering to social justice progressives is the way that he sees it. And he's hoping to build on the success of this conservative rival, the right stuff. Sean Salai of the Washington Times has more on the dating apps that want to keep you from matching with someone from the other side of the aisle later in the hour. Far-right Republican Congressman Matt Gates of Florida introduced a motion Monday night to remove Speaker Kevin McCarthy from the top position in the House. His motion comes after a contentious week of negotiations to avoid a government shutdown, during which Gates had previously threatened to oust McCarthy if the Speaker looked across the aisle for support. I have made no deal with Democrats because I believe that Democrats should vote against Kevin McCarthy for free. It's Kevin McCarthy who's out there offering deals to Democrats. After Congress passed a short-term funding bill on Saturday to avert a government shutdown that did not include any aid for Ukraine, Mr. Biden told reporters Sunday that McCarthy made a commitment to secure the passage and support needed to help Ukraine. Gates is vehemently opposed to the U.S. providing more aid to Ukraine. Amid negotiations to avoid a shutdown, Gates warned McCarthy that if he relied on Democrats to pass a short-term spending bill, Gates would introduce a motion to vacate. The stopgap funding measure ultimately had more Democrats supporting it than Republicans. McCarthy denied that he made a deal on Ukraine funding and said he's focused on moving forward. I never give up. Uh, I think that's destructive to the institution. I think it's destructive to the country. And my focus is surely only on getting our work done. McCarthy only has a slim majority and a simple majority is needed to oust him as speaker, meaning he would likely have to rely on Democratic votes to stay in power. A defiant Donald Trump attacked New York's attorney general and the judge overseeing his civil fraud trial as it began yesterday with a state lawyer accusing the former president of generating more than $100 million by lying about his real estate empire. Attorney General Letitia James is seeking at least $250 million in fines, a permanent ban against Trump and his sons Donald Jr. and Eric from running businesses in New York, and a five-year commercial real estate ban against Trump and the Trump Organization. Donald Trump and the other defendants have committed persistent and repeated fraud. Last week, we proved that in our motion for summary judgment. Today, uh, we will prove our other claims. Testimony in the Manhattan courtroom began following opening statements with Donald Bender, a longtime accountant for Trump's businesses, as the state's first witness. The case concerns accusations by the attorney general that Trump inflated his assets and his own net worth from 2011 to 2021 to obtain favorable bank loans and lower insurance premiums. Trump told reporters before the trial began that the case was a scam and a sham and a political vendetta by James and during a lunch break called the Democrat a corrupt person, a terrible person driving people out of New York. This is a continuation of the single greatest witch hunt of all time. Trump's election campaign used the start of the trial for fundraising, saying he was defending his family and reputation from New York Democrats. It called corrupt tyrants. 
Well, even with numerous legal challenges, the Trump campaign rolls on and the former president continues to be the GOP frontrunner. And as such, it's a good idea to take a look at what a Trump 2.0 presidency could look like. For that, we bring in Zachary Halishak, economics reporter at The Washington Examiner. Zach, what did you look at here? Well, we really looked at the entire policy agenda um, that former President Trump has laid out. And compared to some of the other GOP candidates, he actually has quite a bit of information about what a Trump 2024 um, agenda would look like on his website um, and in public speeches. A big focus of his agenda this year, though, in a shift from 2016 when he largely ran on build the wall on, you know, stopping immigration is a focus on trade and increasing tariffs and becoming more protectionist, even more America first, really. Um, and then also a, a broad based clampdown on crime. So the big focus is, I would say, of the agenda that he's sort of laid out is, is largely trade protectionism and uh, crime you know, going after drug dealers and and human traffickers, that sort of thing. Dive into the trade war. What did you find there? Yeah, so uh, 2016, when Trump became president, he put up some trade barriers, uh, notably tariffs against China, which um, at the time were were a new thing. And Biden has kept around since then, but also tariffs on other things like aluminum from uh, from countries other than China, uh, items like washing machines. Um, The reason he did this, the idea behind it is to reshore American manufacturing here in the U.S. and spur that. But this time around, he's going even further. One idea that he's floated is something called the Reciprocal Trade Act, um, which would allow the president to unilaterally impose tariffs of equal size uh, from any tariffs imposed on the U.S. by other countries. Um, Obviously, that would ratchet up a trade war. And then an even bigger bigger notion would be the 10% tariffs across the board. So allies and adversaries putting up 10%. And the fear there with some of the folks I've spoken to, especially the free trade proponents, is that 10% tariffs would result in higher prices for consumers here in the U.S. and potentially retaliatory tariffs um, from other countries. So essentially, Trump is advocating the launching of a trade war here of a scale that really hasn't been seen since the 1930s. And Zach, what about fiscal conservatism, or is that no longer a thing? The, the days of Paul Ryan fiscal conservatism seems to be gone and away for the Trump campaign. Um, you know, you used to hear Republican candidates in prior elections talking about ending Obamacare, about you know, cutting the deficit, about, you know, and securing Medicare and, and uh, Medicaid and Social Security and other entitlement programs, uh, more emphasis on work for welfare, that sort of thing. That's largely not in Trump's platform heading into the election. He's had fingers off of Medicare and Social Security, um, hasn't really put a plan to right that ship, uh, ship, has not brought up really Obamacare appealing that at all. Um, And kind of just, especially with tariffs, like just a shift away from this like core fiscal conservatism that has really dominated the party since the days of Reagan. Um, so if he were to be reelected, I think it would signal an even bigger shift within the Republican Party away from that fiscal conservative purism and more toward this populist right that has kind of emerged within the America first Trump base um, of the party. And what about culture, Zach? Yeah, so a, a winning strategy for some candidates um, in the past couple of years has been honing in on these culture wars, um, particularly with school choice. You know, parents deciding what's going on in the classroom, 
And I think Trump has kind of seen some of that success um, from candidates like Glenn Youngkin in Virginia and is trying to replicate that on the national stage. So in addition to, you know, the America first protectionism, he's also focused on um, making things like gender transitions for children under the age of 18 not allowed and uh, just generally going wading into these and leaning into these culture wars um, in hopes of riling up his base and getting them out to vote. Um, and, and so that's a, a pretty big shift from 2016 when none of that stuff was really being discussed at all. All you'd hear was border wall, stop the flow of immigration, yeah. um, et cetera. All right. Thanks, Zach. Zachary Halishak from The Washington Examiner. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's Dell.com slash welcome to now. Gordon Deal getting a little extra sleep this morning. I'm Mike Gavin. Thanks for coming by. Authorities say Charlotte Cena, the nine-year-old girl who went missing while on a camping trip at a New York State park two days ago, has been found safe and a suspect has been detained. Governor Kathy Hochul said that before she was found, Charlotte's parents received a ransom note at their home. At a late-night news conference, the governor outlined the meticulous work by authorities after they found the note early Monday morning and the crucial piece of evidence that led to a break in the case. Car pulls up to a mailbox. Something is left. State police immediately go to the mailbox and identify what is a ransom note that had been left behind for Charlotte. Police tested the document for fingerprints, and the results were a match for 47-year-old Craig Nelson Ross Jr., who was living in a camper behind his mother's residence and used two SWAT teams to make entry. Police say the suspect resisted being taken into custody and sustained minor injuries. Charlotte appeared to be in good health, but was taken to a hospital as a precaution. 20 minutes now after the hour, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Republican Congressman Matt Gates of Florida and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy have been on a collision course since the start of the year. Now, the two lawmakers will finally square off in the Capitol in a vote over the party's leadership. Gates took to the House floor late Monday to formally move ahead with a vote to oust McCarthy as Speaker. Well, I have enough Republicans where at this point next week, one of two things will happen. Kevin McCarthy won't be the Speaker of the House or he'll be the Speaker of the House working at the pleasure of the Democrats. The vote will test Republican support for McCarthy as well as what part Democrats want to play in saving his speakership or pushing him out. Number two. An accountant who worked on the tax returns of Donald Trump testified Monday as the first witness at the former president's $250 million civil fraud trial in New York. Trump, who was seated in the courtroom, appeared agitated at the testimony. He spoke then outside the courtroom. There's no case here. There's no victim. The banks aren't a victim. The insurance companies are a victim. Everybody got paid. It's a terrible, terrible thing. This was for politics. New York Attorney General Letitia James. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how much money you think you may have, no one is above the law. The trial comes a year after James sued Trump, his company, three of his adult children, and top Trump organization officials. Number three. Democratic Congressman Henry Cuellar of Texas was carjacked in Washington on Monday evening, the second lawmaker this year to be the victim of a violent crime in the nation's capital. The incident occurred in the Navy Yard neighborhood where three armed assailants approached the congressman while he was parking and stole the car. Cuellar's office says he was not harmed. 
A 104-year-old Chicago woman is hoping to be certified as the oldest person to ever skydive after leaving her walker on the ground and making a tandem jump in northern Illinois. Dorothy Hoffman told a cheering crowd moments after touching the ground Sunday that age is just a number. The Guinness World Record for oldest skydiver is currently held by a 103-year-old from Sweden. After her jump, Hoffner said she might take a ride in a hot air balloon next. She's braver than me. Yes. And pretty much all of us. Yes. No way. <laughs> Congrats to her. Thanks, Jen. 22 minutes after the hour on This Morning, America's First News. Did you know traditional bed sheets harbor as much bacteria as a toilet seat? The germs in your sheets can cause acne, allergies, stuffy noses, and other gross ailments. Fears, though, that you can put to bed with Miracle Made bed sheets. Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA that are thermal regulating to keep you at a perfect temperature all night. Miracle Made is self cleaning, self cooling, luxurious, eco friendly bedding designed to protect your skin for more restorative rest. My wife and I love them. Now, my listeners can have a clean night's sleep while saving over 40% and sleep cool all summer and warm all winter. The website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% at checkout. Miracle-made products are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, the website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. trymiracle.com slash Gordon to save big. You can sleep cool, comfy, and clean. Miracle-made bedding, NASA-inspired for out-of-this-world comfort. Sleep clean with Miracle. Well, we know new car prices have skyrocketed, supply has been erratic, and with interest rates rising, finding good deals has become a bit like searching for your destination without a map. More now from our own Gordon Deal. We're speaking with Lucas Alpert, investigative reporter at MarketWatch. His story is called Shopping for a Car and Don't Want to Get Ripped Off, Five Ways to Avoid Being Taken for a Ride. This is you know, generally not a lot of fun for most people to have to go do this. Obviously, it's a big chunk of money you're looking to part with. Um, kind of set that scene. What'd you look at here? Yeah, well, you know, obviously things have been a bit crazy since the pandemic. You had the whole supply chain issue, which sort of scrambled the market. We're sort of come out of some of the worst impact of that, but it's still out there to some degree. Prices have shot up. So, yes, things are more expensive. We have the auto strike sort of looming in the background now, but that hasn't really kind of rippled through the market yet. But goes on for a while you know you might see some impact but yeah no look it's it's a challenge it was never easy to buy a car you know you had to really like you know kind of think through what you're doing but right now there are a lot of different things that are impacting aspects of this you know lending rates are higher too so you know the cost of doing it is shot up so there's a lot of things to think about and you have to sort of strategize so the key thing is time here take having the time to do yeah. that all right, so step number one, uh, speaking of those high rates, is it get pre-approved for a loan. Walk us through that. Um, yeah, no, so, uh, you know, if you talk to experts in this area, that's the first thing they're going to tell you. Get a loan pre-approval. Um, it's, it's a really key aspect here because it's like, it, you, you're trying to put together like a financial picture here. Like, you know, what, what can I really afford? And the loan, 85% of car sales in the U.S. Uh, require financing or people take financing on it. So it's going to be a key component of that 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 uh, puzzle you're trying to put together. So it it creates a baseline. So you have an idea of like, OK, this is what I can really afford because that's going to be the operative figure. And it also when you ultimately get to the point where you're going to go into a dealer, 
you don't want to go in there and like rely on them solely for the financing because th- that kind of sets you up for some of the things that dealers can mm. you know have reputations for doing let's say um and you have something on your own it's a good negotiating chip you know you can go to them and say hey look i have this rate can you do better yeah if they can do better they've just saved you money so it's like it kind of like you know, it's a win, they're, they're, and it's not hard to do. You know, you just like call your bank, call your credit union, whatever. Like, get that pre-approval, yep. and then you okay. know where you stand before you even begin. We're speaking with Lucas Alpert, investigative reporter at Market Watch. He's got a piece called Five Ways to Avoid Being Taken for a Ride When You're Looking for a Car." Uh, tools for research that you recommend? Um, well, you know, Kelly, Kelly Blue Book, obviously a famous one. There's Edmonds. This is a, a good place to go for just getting pricing, you know, you, the values of cars. I mean, oftentimes people will be doing a trade-in, so you might want to have a sense of what your car is worth to start. Um, you might want to, you know, maybe you have a few models in mind. As you do your research and you kind of figure out, oh, I want a Nissan Rogue, I want a Honda CRV, whatever, you know, it's like you kind of zero in on like the pricing. You can kind of get a sense of oh, if I buy the new one, it's worth this. If I buy a three year old car, pre owned, whatever, you know, like that's kind of like that. So you kind of get your sense of the market. That's Lucas Alpert from Market Watch with our own Gordon Deal. Coming up on 30 minutes now after the hour, you're listening to This Morning, America's First News. One thing we all have in common is a need to feed. If you're like me, you love to eat and want to eat right without much pre-planning and shopping. Enter HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall with HelloFresh handling all the meal planning and shopping. They do the work, you take a bow. Plus, HelloFresh is more than just dinners. There's breakfast, quick lunches, fresh snacks, tasty, time-saving, and delivered to your front door. HelloFresh's convenience, variety, and quality keep me eating right all day and night. Right now, save from the start. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon and use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh's menu offers 40 recipes and over 100 add-ons. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon and use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Say goodbye to boring meal plans and HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon. Taking the day's information and helping you make sense of it all. We're here for you every morning. You're listening to America's First News. This morning with Gordon Deal. 34 minutes after the hour, Mike Gavin in for Gordon Deal along with Jennifer Koshenka on this Tuesday, October 3rd. Here are just some of the stories we're following for you today. Gates takes aim at McCarthy. Trump takes aim at New York's Attorney General and the judge in his civil fraud case. A nine-year-old girl who went missing while bike riding has been found and a suspect arrested. The Powerball jackpot's back over a billion dollars after nobody won last night. Taylor Swift's new movie is getting a massive PR boost from her football drop-ins. Taylor stayed far away as the Seahawks dismantled the Giants on Monday Night Football. And time to break out the birthday candles. A creature from your nightmares is about to celebrate a birthday. More on that in about 20 minutes. So why are so many young men so angry online? Some say it's a combination of societal factors. And when young men turn to social media to seek solidarity, they often find even more rage. For more, we bring in Julie Jargon, family and tech columnist for The Wall Street Journal. Julie, this is pretty intense. What did you look at here? So I heard about this organization called Diverting Hate um, that is trying to find 
meet men, young men where they are, which is increasingly on online, um, angry young men and try to steer them to more positive sources of male support than some of the websites that they might be um, going to online where they are finding other angry young men. And so why is this an 18 to 34 year old men thing? Um, I mean, I would argue it's probably, you know, spans even beyond that that framework. But uh, Diverting Hate is specifically looking at these this younger age group of men uh, because they, they happen to be online a lot of the time and because uh, a lot of young men in particular are, are struggling with um, low college attendance rates, um, falling behind in the workplace, um, issues with, you know, dating and, and marriage. So they're kind of looking at some of the problems that younger men are experiencing and um, and trying to reach those men. This organization, Diverting Hate, which um, has funding from the, the Department of Homeland Security, has partnered up with a lot of men's groups um, that try to provide support and in some cases therapy um, and, and just, you know, camaraderie among men in a, in a sort of a positive, you know, way. Um, and what they're trying to do is speak to men um, you know, speak to their frustrations in the language that they're used to seeing online, um, but kind of flipping it and, you know, with, with tweets or other posts on, on social media that steer them to these organizations that, you know, can try to show them, you know, that, you know, life isn't all doom and gloom and, and that there is a better way than anger and eventually, potentially violence. And what was this breakout you had about irritable female syndrome? That is one um, post that the group plans to place on X, formerly known as Twitter, um, where they're trying to kind of get men's attention by uh, saying irritable female syndrome, learn the symptoms and remedies, um, and trying to speak to, you know, maybe some confusion among men about why or why is my female partner so angry or so irritable. And then that link will eventually, you know, direct men to an article um, about the reasons why women might feel irritated and, and how to respond to that in their relationship. Julie, I think you said in the story, it's one thing to get the message in front of men, but it's another to get them to join a group. Yeah, that is that is the challenge. And the this group has already, you know, they've been running these ads and, and sponsored posts for the last three months or so. Um, they've gotten a, a pretty good click rate on on these um on these ads and posts but what they what they want to start tracking going forward is how many men actually sign up to go on a men's retreat or join a men's group or seek therapy you know that they get referred to through one of these men's groups so they will start tracking that and that will be the the real challenge is to see if if um, these men can be sort of you know converted if you will to um to these men's groups that are there to help them i think a lot of times it just looks what, what looks like anger in men, according to uh, experts that I interviewed, is is really just a mask for depression or loneliness or anxiety. And there was a new study out from Cleveland Clinic that said um, about 65% of men in the U.S. say they're hesitant to seek professional help for stress, anxiety, or depression. And, and those who said that they are reluctant to seek help um, were twice as likely as other men to spend several hours a day on social media. So, you know, instead of instead of going to more positive sources for for help, if they do have underlying mental health issues, 
they're just spending more time online, which we, we all know from spending a lot of time online, there's, you, you, you can find some good, but also a lot of not so good. That is true. Thank you, Julie. Julie Jargon, family and tech columnist for The Wall Street Journal. Well, we know that meeting someone through a dating app is full of potential pitfalls, and in 2023, politics can be one of the biggest. That's why more apps are specializing in matching up singles based on who they vote for. More now from Gordon Deal. We're speaking with Sean Salai, culture reporter at The Washington Times. His piece is called No Deal Breakers Wanted. Liberal and conservative dating apps vie for partisan singles. All right, so True Blue is the, is the latest on the scene. Uh, what'd you look at here, Sean? Set this up. Well, True Blue is the work of uh, Colorado-based tech entrepreneur, entrepreneur Dennis Hafter, who is 61 years old. He lives in Boulder, and he's started several companies already. And he started developing this in 2021. He was very encouraged by a conservative rival, the, the Right Stuff, which launched a year ago. And he launched the preliminary enrollment period for True Blue this month with $500,000 from private investors. It is the first and only online matchmaker catering to social justice progressives is the way that he sees it. And he's hoping to build on the success of this conservative rival, The Right Stuff. Wow. And surveys say this is what we want as singles? Well, there's certainly a lot of data pointing in that direction. So we've had a sort of shift in online dating preferences towards more niche uh, dating apps in recent years. So there's several that we're already familiar with. We have apps like Christian Singles, Silver Singles, Elite Singles, Catholic Match, LGBTQ dating apps like Alpha which is uh, just over a year old. And so we've also got a large number of surveys showing that people are becoming more polarized when it comes to dating. So the American Family Survey from Brigham Young University, Deseret News, found that just 21% of marriages were politically mixed in 2020. Wow. And according to Wendy Wang from the Institute of Family Studies, who analyzed that survey, only 3.6% of marriages were between Democrats and Republicans. The Pew Research Center reported that same year that 71% of single Democrats said they probably or definitely would not be in a serious relationship with a Trump voter. And Pew reported that the perceived importance of political affiliations and dating profiles rose from 40% of current or recent online daters in 2019 to 53% last year. And that was led by a surge of 16 percentage points among Democrats. That's and so as we've had this explosion in online dating during the pandemic and in the midst of that, we've also had this tremendous political division, especially surrounding Donald Trump, that has really led a lar- large number of uh, Democrats to say, I would never date a Trump voter. <laughs> Same is probably true among Trump supporters the other way. We're speaking with Sean Salai, culture reporter at The Washington Times. His piece is called No Deal Breakers Wanted. Liberal and conservative dating apps vie for partisan singles. So with this True Blue, the new one, uh, you can actually like identify your issue, right? And say, I am, uh, I'm, I'm very much uh, in favor of, of climate activism. Find me a, a single and, and match me with that person. That's absolutely right. So when you go on the app, you can enroll for it this month. Starting next month, once they hit 5,000 users, they're going to start matching people based on six issues. And what they do is they ask you to rank uh, the importance of each of those six issues to you on a scale of one to five. And then at that point, they also ask you a number of sub-questions. 
So the six issues are climate change, gun control, abortion, LGBTQIA plus rights, immigration laws, and universal health care. So if you say that you're very passionate about climate change but not abortion, uh, they would probably match you with someone of a similar persuasion. You don't have to be a Democrat to use the platform, but you do have to be a progressive in order okay. to get into the platform and match. Don't uh, don't other dating apps kind of filter you by your political beliefs? Yeah, you know, this is <clears throat> something that the niche apps do for sure. The conservative rival, The Right Stuff, launched itself in September of 2022. Uh, John McEntee, the app's co-founder, is a former presidential aide to Donald Trump, and they had more than 150,000 downloads uh, so far, and they're averaging 43,000 monthly users, 51% of which are women. And so they're marketing themselves to conservatives who value God, heterosexual marriage, family, and children. And that's really what's inspired uh, Mr. Hefter to think that he can do the same with true blue that uh, kind of focusing on political issues. That's Sean Salai of the Washington Times with our own Gordon Deal. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's dell.com slash welcome to now. Bringing the world to your door every morning. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Gordon Deal taking the morning off. I'm Mike Gavin. Eight minutes now in front of the hour. Here's Jennifer Kashenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Speaker Kevin McCarthy is facing an extraordinary referendum on his leadership of the House after a conservative member of his own Republican majority moved to launch a vote to oust him. Late Monday, Matt Gates of Florida filed a motion that would set a snap vote in coming days that even Gates acknowledges may not have enough support to remove the speaker. Well, I'm not so pessimistic as to immediately accept that it'll fail. I think that's the likely outcome. Uh, but, you know, this won't be the only time. So far, despite the deep divides over McCarthy's leadership, only a handful of hard-right Republicans have signaled they're willing to vote to remove him. Number two. An agitated Donald Trump stewed through the first day of trial in a Manhattan civil fraud case that has the potential to cripple his business. As New York's attorney general sought to build upon an initial ruling last week that the former president broke the law. Monday's proceedings formally kicked off what's likely to be a long legal season for Trump, who is looking to cement his big lead in the 2024 GOP presidential race while simultaneously fighting a series of cases that threaten his livelihood and his freedom. Number three. A nine-year-old girl who vanished during a family camping trip in upstate New York is safe and in good health after a massive two-day search ended with her rescue and the arrest of a person suspected in her abduction. The child disappeared while riding her bike early Saturday evening at Moreau Lake State Park. Governor Kathy Hochul says investigators were able to identify a fingerprint from a ransom note allegedly left by the suspect, 47-year-old Craig Ross Jr. After some resistance, the suspect was taken into custody and immediately the little girl was found in a cabinet 
cupboard. The girl was taken to a local hospital and appeared physically unharmed. The Postal Service has unveiled a stamp honoring late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg as former colleagues, family, and friends gathered to celebrate the justice's legacy both on and off the bench. Chief Justice John Roberts. Now a new stamp will honor this outstanding American, an eminent jurist who gave so much to our country as scholar, teacher, lawyer, judge, and justice. The stamp features an oil painting of Ginsburg wearing her black judicial robe and white collar. All right, very cool. Thanks very much, Jen. We know plenty of pet owners have birthday parties for their cute and cuddly pets, but the Missouri Department of Conservation has announced it will hold a sixth birthday party for an animal that is neither cute nor cuddly and is the stuff of many a cold sweat-inducing nightmare. Tiger Lily is a two-headed snake, and she was found by a family in Stone County in the fall of 2017 and was donated to the department. And good news, there's no invitation needed to attend this joyous occasion. The department announced Tiger Lily's birthday party will be held Saturday at the scenic Overlook parking lot of the conservation area in Branson. Just look for the five-foot-long two-headed rat snake and you're in the right place. And by the sound of things, you and Tiger Lily are in for a treat. The center's manager said that both heads of the reptile get hungry, but they only have one esophagus. So they put a small cup over one head while the other eats and then they switch. Otherwise, both heads would be trying to grab the same mouse. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka, I'm Mike Gavin. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.